Insane Transformation Podcast, helping executives and consultants idiot-proof their workplace, one innovation at a time. Good afternoon, Mike. It's been a while. How are you? Yeah, it has been. I'm, I'm really good. How are you, Matt? I'm good. Look, this morning I was wheel, had a wheelbarrow with a pile of horse poo in it, and I was thinking of you. Um, <laughs> as the as the vessel for carrying poo or as the poo i mean which which <laughs> well both well, like and, and as we know listen as horse poo is very helpful it, it it's grass in grass out so it's the cycle of life um yep. and i'll come back to that a bit later not the horse poo but the the cycle of life a couple of things i wanted to talk to um you and the listeners this afternoon and one of them is uh really something that I think would resonate with the 30, 40, 50, 60 something year olds listening to us. It's that stage of your life where you want to transition to something. There's something bothering you. You might be in a job that you're not particularly happy with. You might be in a career that just doesn't seem right. It's it's one of the, it's like a dream. You are in a place and you're looking down and you're wearing the wrong clothes and you're almost you know, speaking the wrong language. What am I talking about? Well, I'm talking about a working identity transition and this is pop science in a way, but there is research on this which explains that feeling in a person's working life when things just don't seem right. If I was talking to the anthropologists in the room, I would be talking about a concept called liminality. And it relates to the transition of a human from childhood to adulthood. There generally will be a rite of passage. So anthropologists look at the end of childhood, the rite of passage, and then whatever that particular culture they're looking at what that person has emerged as an adult. What does that mean to a person living, for example, in a Western society, for example, in America, Australia, New Zealand, wherever? Well, there will be a time, as I said, in your working career when you're struggling. You feel like nothing's working. You feel like you're spinning your wheels and you're thinking about doing other things. You know, you might think, be thinking about I'll give my hand at being a handyman and do some welding and do some uh, filling. Or you're thinking about, oh, you know, what can I do with my horses that would give me pleasure and might actually become a job? But your mind doesn't seem to be on your real job, or whatever that job is, you know, whether it's a white-collar job, a yellow-collar job, or any job. Well, here's some news for you. That's actually kind of healthy, and it's actually very common. Uh, people seem to beat themselves up about, hey, you know, I really should be aiming for the next level, but I actually want to go off and be a ski instructor. You know, is this normal? And I have to tell you, yeah, it is. Your subconscious is telling you that it may be time to move on, to transition to something else. 
to go into a period of liminality where there's no real rules. There's no real guidebook on how to turn yourself into something else. What there is, though, is it's an opportunity for you to take stock of where you're at and look at your options and then make some decisions about where you want to go in life. Now, Mike has actually fallen asleep, ladies and gentlemen, so this is time to talk about Mike and horse poop, I think. No, I'm, I'm just actually, as you say it, I'm just listening and thinking about my, you know, myself and kind of where I'm at. I guess one of the first questions I have is, are are we saying that it's a shift of jobs? Okay, so you, you know, you hit on that handyman. I'm not saying I want to become a handyman, but I literally am starting a welding course, and it's something I found I really quite enjoy. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm going to stop consulting and become a welder. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe I'll focus more on heavy industries and construction, things like that, because I enjoy being in that space. But I guess, so are you saying that when you sort of arrive at this point that you actually want to change your main job? Are you saying that you should be open to trying random things that may or may not become your your primary source of income and, and things like that? Yeah. So the answer to your question is yes to both. Oh, okay. So what I mean is consider there to be a notional line in the sand. We'll sure. call that the Lyman, L-I-M-E-N, the Lyman. Beyond that Lyman is a place called liminality. Now, from a working concept that we're talking about here, this is your working identity. You know, So my working identity, once upon a time, involved literally putting a uniform on. Mm. And that was my identity. You could identify me from a long way away. You know, And if you're an executive and you're wearing the executive-style clothing, you're gonna, that's your identity. If you're a worker at a, at a zoo and you're wearing a zookeeper's uniform, but some people may not wear uniforms, but I think we get the point. Mm. You have an identity. And that identity, as we know, it consists of the externalities, but also the internalities. You know, what's going on inside your mind, what's going on inside your subconscious. So right now, Mike may very well be in a, a, a period of liminality. I don't know, but mm. you, one of the things you're exploring when you, if you've crossed the line now is, is working with your hands. Mm. You may not have done that before. I actually, I don't know, but you've given yourself permission to devote some of your intellectual capital and some of your physical capital to something completely different. Yeah, and well, I'm sure you're getting things out of that. Well, just to tell you, and just to be clear so everyone knows, I have worked with my hands. I'm actually a master craftsman in all things hand-related. So just put that out there. I No, I started in construction, actually, when I was yeah. a wee lad. Yeah, but, uh, but you're not in construction anymore. <laughs> no, that's true. But that's, the, that's an interesting point because at one stage, I used to wear a gown and a wig to court. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. this is not my Friday nights, which is... Yeah, quite sure. normal really in Mike's world yeah. <laughs> um, you know so I you know at one stage I was a barrister and mm. was engaged by um, accused innocent people mm. to represent them in court you know but I don't do that anymore but that's okay mm. you know so you used to be in construction but you're not in construction anymore so your working identity was hard hat you know tool belt but it's not you anymore but that's in there somewhere in mm. you now it may be coming out now but if you're in a period of change, and I don't know if you, you know, where you are in terms of your current career uh, trajectory, proje- you know, how you're projecting your career and how you're actually thinking about it, but it may be a case now where you're in a little bit of a, a merry-go-round where you're experimenting with a few things. And again, that's normal. And you're giving yourself permission to do things which are off, off the rule book for an executive consultant right now. Mm. 
like myself, you know, I'll tell the world, I am now the owner of a horse breeding business. Mm. Now, a logical question would be, what do you know about horse breeding? Ask me. What do you know about horse breeding? Nothing, <laughs> quite frankly. Yep. But I've given myself permission to set a company up mm. and play in that space. Sure. I'm the baby steps. Look, if it all goes pear-shaped, yeah. I've got a couple of beautiful horses. Yeah. But I would not have done that if things didn't sort of fall into place over the last four or five, six years even, where I have been in a state of turmoil. Yep. I've been in a state of professional and personal turmoil, and it felt like I was in a washing machine. Mm. And at one stage, I thought I was going crazy because where in the rule book it says that you should be doing three postgraduate courses at the same time? Right. Where in the rule book should it say that, you know, go and do jobs you've never even thought of? It's not in the rule book. Mm. It was crazy. But it's all fed me now to a situation where one morning I had a horse who'd been sedated in, leaning against me. I was holding her head up mm. and she was crying. And I was thinking she wasn't crying because she was sad. It was just tears coming out. Mm. And, I, and I had the, almost a blinding moment of thinking, I really like horses and I like helping them mm. because my you know, wife and I had bought a couple of horses and I was spending more and more time with them. And lo and behold, there is a business, you know, and the business wasn't planned. It literally fell out of, I was in a state of flux anyway. Um, I really wanted some purpose after getting out of the army, still grieving about getting out of the army. Mm. And it was almost, it's like your, your, your tools. I mean, I'm a horse breeder. It was heavily reliant on everybody that knows something about horses. But I'm also allowing myself to do it. I would never, ever, ever have thought I'd be wheeling horse poo around thinking of Mike. You know, so, so yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's a transition. You know, I've come to a place after graduating from three really top-level business schools. Mm. Now, is it a waste? Well, no, it's not because this is a side hack at the moment. Mm. But it's a side hack that I love. I yep. just love the purpose of going and making life better for a couple of horses. Yeah. So let, let's come back and unpack that for a second. So you've got your main job as an executive coach and you kind of develop, you have this sort of passion for horses on the side. And then mm. that morphs into really a a side hustle, which is, it just happens to be, or has the potential to make you some X amount of money, but you're not necessarily going to step into that, but I guess full time, but I guess that's the question is, so do, do we say that, you know, we encourage that individuals should go out there and explore things like welding or like horse breeding and things like that with, with the hope that that can then be the sole source of income for them? Or is it really just about, and I guess this is for me where we kind of blur the line between your personal and your professional identity, because it almost sounds like we want that thing that we're passionate about and really enjoy doing to be our professional identity and not just something that we're passionate about in our mm. personal lives. Mm. So it's almost like it's, um, it's almost like a, a coming full circle in us in our sense of self mm. right we've spent all this time working for working in a job for a corporation that maybe paid the bills really well or maybe we got pushed into and we and we hit this point in our lives in our 40s and 50s where we feel like there's a bit of breathing space to mm. explore things 
And then we land on something and say, wow, this is really cool. I could probably entertain doing this mm. with 60% of my time or 50% yeah. of my time. Yeah. Well, how would that make you feel? If you could, then let's just use your example of, of using your hands. If you could morph that into something, and let's forget the money for a moment. I know that money is important, but if you could morph that into something that gave you personal satisfaction, it actually made you smile. And you had the time to do it. And you had the energy to do it. Now, that's a tough call today for everybody. But how would that make you feel if that pursuit was making you feel enriched and engaged? Genuinely. And not some throwaway line of, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling really great today because mm. I'm actually shoveling shit. Yeah, well, I think in in my situation, I mean, my if we kind of trace back my situation, which we can do in just a second, it's... um. I don't have the greatest attention span for things. And so pretty much my whole... There's adult, a squirrel, Mike. <laughs> my whole adult life has been me starting companies and, and getting in. And this is why I love consulting because I can build new products in new industries all the time, which keeps my, my focus. But I think, you know, the welding thing, if I say I'm not going to become a welder tomorrow, but I might enjoy spending, dedicating six months of my focus and nothing else to building some really cool stuff because mm. I have some great ideas on some things that I would like to, you know, do in terms of blacksmith blacksmithing and welding and working with metal and things like that. Uh oh, Ned Kelly Mark <laughs> two. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Here we but, come. But I think what, what I what I'm really drawn to is the freedom to do and try anything without having to be tethered to something else. Mm. Right. So like my if we go back to my past now, so I come out of the military uh, you know, I'm working as a trainer. I really enjoyed that. I loved it. And again, that was something that had nothing to do with blowing stuff up mm. and shooting guns. And, uh, and this was for a financial institution. I started up multiple business. You know, one business was um, was a sales business where I traveled around and I did so again, fantastic, enjoyed it. It was for apparel. I knew nothing about apparel. Mm. I jumped into, um, you know, transportation. I didn't have a commercial truck driving license. Again, it was something that I thought this sounds really fun, you know, mm. bought a truck, was running a logistics business. And that's sort of the story of my life is mm. I get into these things which are, you know, exciting and interesting. Mm. And I want to mm. get into them to a level that's deep enough to really understand the complexity of the thing, mm. whatever it is. And then once I understand it, I might want to poke my head up and try something new. Yeah. Um, and that's just kind of kind of my background. But how would it make me feel? What well, make me feel great? It make yeah. me feel free and probably resonate with some of my core values about being able to add value, not just for myself and have the free time to create space for myself, but also give something back to society, which is actually quite important to me. Hence the podcast and the yeah. YouTube channels and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah. So I'm not seeing that as being anything. And I'm, I'm disconnecting that from uh, a financial gain. I'm seeing that as being a personal and also a professional gain. Sure. So I suppose to answer your question, one day, my horse breeding business may make money. Mm. In the meantime, I know it's not going to make money, but it's also sharpening some business skills, which I've let lapse. Mm. You know, so I'm now getting back to, you know, I'm the CEO of a one-person company that sure. breeds horses. So sure. there's a lot of things that I'm getting out of it that I did learn at business school you know, that now I am applying in the micro sense you know, as an entrepreneur breeding warm blood horses for show jumping. Mm. And I don't ride a horse, by the way. There's no, oh, unless it's Clydesdale, it's big. But you know, <laughs> so I think 
it could lead to something else. I'm hoping that it continues to lead to making a few horses' lives better, mm. which is a good purpose for me to have because I've got a therapy horse, you know, and she looks after me and she's teaching me a lot of things. And, you know, so we are looking after horses. You know, if it leads to a, a financial su- success, I think that's okay. But in the meantime, I also am devoting energy to helping people, whether or not it's, it's a coach or whether or not it's, it's a, a consultant or whether or not it's just as a trusted advisor. But I can assure you I'm learning things from animals. Horses are herd animals. They have a hierarchy. They communicate that are directly transferable to some psychological uh, theories and how things work. So it's a really interesting place to be in for me. Uh, and I feel great, you know. So I've I've managed to step out of the washing machine that is liminality. I've gotten off on a floor that appeals to me. And this is the thing. I can't tell you where to get off, you know, which floor you should get off onto. But I can tell you this. When you hit it, you'll know that, hey, I've actually struck a place which is a balance of uh, personally I feel good uh, because I'm actually following a, something that I actually like and believe in. Professionally, I feel good because I'm exploring, expanding uh, you know, in an area that um, I'm, I'm bringing skills in. But, you know, there, there are things that I have to talk to farriers about. There are things that I have to talk to horse trainers about, to horse breeders about that I didn't know. Sure. You know, so it's, it's coming together in a strange kind of a way that my entire life has been leading up to the last third of my life. And I had a choice. I could sit around a bowling club in a Hawaiian shirt, that's a nice shirt by the way, <laughs> drink light beer and reminisce about the army mm-hmm. and complain about stuff. That was a choice I, I literally had. Mm-hmm. I could do that. That did not appeal to me. So I've, I, I went through the, the turmoil that a lot of 50 and 60-year-olds are going to go through in the next few decades because sure. the superannuation piggy bank's empty. Sure. And more importantly, people are healthy and they mm-hmm. don't want to come to the, you know, Bundanoon Bowling Club mm. and do nothing. They want mm. to do something with my life. So I think this concept is going to become far more important financially, but also personally to people sure. uh, to give you purpose. Try something else. So the point, the point is that wanderlust, wanderlust, that's normal and that should be embraced. But I guess it, it, it almost sounds like too what you're saying is I, I don't have to... Like, I don't have to seek out, say, a course that will directly support something I'm doing in consulting. I think the point you're making here is what's speaking to you in terms of yep. your interests. Yep. And and I guess the other thing you're saying, too, if, I, if I'm right, is don't worry about whether or not these things connect. Because at some point in time, they will connect yep. and you'll be able to draw on those experiences. Yep. And and it, and it does matter. Don't Don't think that you're just throwing away time by whatever, learning how to weld for yeah or learning how to you know artificially inseminate horses or what's very interesting by the way <laughs> whatever the case is um which is quite interesting you're amazing what you can learn off youtube um, <laughs> i hope that's not the case so uh, but so i suppose there is is a concept you have to prioritize and you have to be practical i would love to be a fighter pilot that would be awesome they don't make jets big enough Quite frankly, mm-hmm. maybe I could be a World War II bomber pilot, you know, bigger plane. But, sure. you know, so for me, I, I wrote down you know, a notional list of the things that I wanted to do. I've done this a few times. What's, what is appealing to me, as you've pointed out? What is actually resonating? 
and I threw them all the way. But, you know, so you've got, it's giving you an opportunity to stop, have a deep breath, stand back, assess where you are in this crazy COVID space, whatever it is for you, and think about things that you would like to do. There is certainly a significant amount of empirical data that says that if you actually like doing what you're doing at work, you'll actually be a better worker. Mm. You'll be a better leader, a better follower, a better team member if you actually like it. So people should start thinking about, you know, if you don't like doing something at work, you're probably going to be pretty crap at it, quite frankly. Or if you're in a job that you don't like, well, there's a couple of choices there. You may need to stick at that job, but do something on the side that you actually really do like to then come back and get a little bit more energy at the job that you're doing. Because again, we've got to be practical. You know, it's all very well for me to say, oh, look, everybody, let's go and be scuba divers in instructors in Switzerland or wherever it is. No, it's ski instructors. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and for me, it was a clarion call with the mayor, but I'll go back a couple of years. I was at a business school in Singapore and I told this story to my professor and he was a smart guy, you know, graduate of Tavistock in London and he, and he gave me, he just mentioned a name in a book and I went away and read it and it was me. Mm. It was called uh, Working Identity by Herminia Ibarra. I'm not, I don't get anything from that plug, by the way. But it's, it sort of sat me back and, and at that time I was in the craziest cycle of my life trying to be everything for everybody else trying to be what I thought other people wanted me to be yep. as opposed to be trying to be what I actually want to be. Mm. Now I'm doing that. So I have a part-time business where I'm a horse breeder. Get in contact with me if you want a very well-bred and calm temperament, warm blood show jumper. And the other majority of what I do is I'm simply helping people, mm. whatever that is described as. And I, and, both of them are complementary and both of them are giving me purpose. Yeah, but I think that's a good point too. I mean, that you don't you didn't arrive at that book and about that idea about sort of discovering your professional identity without going through those three courses at that given yeah. point in time. You know, like I've got a really good friend, um, his name's Justin. He he's actually just Hi, a, Justin. Hey Justin. Uh, he's about to launch into a truck driving career. Yeah. So he's, he's just finishing his, uh, his truck driving course. Now, this is someone who's studied law. He's been in, uh, you know, acting and commercials. He's you know phenomenal actor and um, he's studied woodworking. I mean, he's spent several years doing that. And he's someone that like this is very open to saying, where is the passion? Where's the interest? Yeah. And lets it drive him. Yeah. But the point is you, you can't, I guess like what you're saying here, you can't decide you're going to be a good woodworker until you pursue what's in front of you and where your interest is in front of you, only to find out later that, hey, woodworking might be something yeah. that you really, really enjoy. It could be a hobby. It could be a small business. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's, that's I suppose, is, you know, getting close to the end of the, the podcast is where I'm, I'm at. Like to summarize, I think in the next few decades the 40s 50s and 60s some things are going to have to be in a bit of a liminal space where they're thinking about purpose first and you know paycheck second but the paycheck won't be far behind being practical and you know what does that mean you know does it mean as you're doing that you devote time to giving back to the community does it mean that you then become 
yet you're expanding a hobby into a small business. You know, you're becoming a senior senior entrepreneur. Um, so you know that's that's going to become common. And I suppose the 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 message, the last message that I get is, if you're going through, you know, if you're feeling that there's something better, that there's something out there, there might be. Mm. Yeah, there may very well be. And wherever you're at in your career, whether you're in 20s, 30s or 40s, you've got a lot of life experience. And let's face it, you know how to get out of bed in the morning, put your pants on, you know, which is sure. a good start. And all the things you've learned over the years are in there. You know, they're in there somewhere. They're not, they're not burnt out of your DNA you know, by way of a, an initiation at the next stage of your life. They're still there. So, so capitalize on that if you're feeling like that. Talk to a trusted advisor. Talk to a mentor. And start experimenting and don't be ashamed of it. You know, if you're going to go and learn the bagpipes with the Southern Highland um, Pipe Band Association, well, then good for you, you know. Give it a go. See what happens. Give yourself a break, but think about yourself. Don't try and be what you think other people want you to be because you're never going to make that. Mm. You know, you'll always fall short. Start thinking about what you want to do practically and then some steps that you might want to take in terms of goal setting to get there. And if it doesn't work, that's okay. Mm. That's fantastic because you're developing, you know, you're further developing your working identity and you're further sort of getting closer to that sweet spot, which may not last forever, which is a combination of you really like what you're doing, it's satisfying and, you know, it's sustainable and... Yeah, it's matching all those values and purpose things that we talk about all the time. Hmm. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, thank you guys very much. Hopefully this was helpful. And um, again, any thoughts, questions, you can always reach out to Matt and myself on any of that stuff. Otherwise, thanks for tuning in and we'll see you soon. See you later.